0: Oh, what is the upskis, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gamer GX. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I should not do three shows because I'm mixing them all up. This is the GX Hockey Cast, episode 16. There we go. We got it. And my, 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 I, 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 we had a barbecue at work today and I'm so full. I ate so many burgers and hot dogs. I just, oh, I'm so full. They didn't have any dessert though. I was pissed off. I had to have a granola bar for dessert. Like what kind of fucking dessert is that? Anyway, let's, um, let's, how, how are you guys doing? You guys doing good? Good. Uh, hopefully you're having a decent week because it's, uh, yeah, it's only Wednesday. So it's the hump day, but as, as is tradition, I'm going to give y'all a nice hump day podcast, so I'm going to fill you in on what's been going on in the NHL. We're going to talk about some topics and shit like that, and oh, are you getting excited? Are you starting to get excited, y'all? Next week, the season begins. I have some, I had some vacation days, so I booked off a few. I have the the first Couple Leaf games booked off, and so the first three or so games, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be watching the shit out of them, and I'm going to order pizza. It's going to be amazing. I, that's how excited I am getting pizza. It's going to be awesome. Are, are you guys excited? Are you starting to get excited? Did you watch any preseason? I don't, I'm not a big fan of preseason personally. It's just, it's just pointless to me. A, they rarely put it on TV that you can find it anywhere unless you have an outrageously overpriced subscription to Sportsnet. And, um, yeah, I don't feel like doing that. So, I've watched, like, maybe seven minutes of preseason. And, yeah, it's it's preseason. It's just not very, not very good. And it's just not hockey I want to watch. I want to save myself for the real hockey. And the opening day of the NHL is always banana. Usually, like, I don't know, like, the first couple weeks, maybe the first month is usually really crazy for the NHL because everyone's getting settled in. Usually defense is really, like, not very good and there's usually a lot of high high scoring games at the beginning pretty wacky games and then everyone settles into their their roles and systems and then it slows down and then yeah you get through the the dredge of the of the of the middle part of the season and then you start getting excited again because playoffs are on their way and i fucking love nhl playoffs that's like mm, mm, that's the good shit man that's the good shit like if i was trying to introduce someone Uh, To hockey, I would try and make them watch like a really good NHL playoff series and be like, yo, check this shit out. Because that's what the NHL is all about is playoff hockey, baby. But, oh, yeah, I am getting excited for the beginning of the season, which is so very short of way. Literally, we just, well, I guess it starts on the 11th or whatever. But I don't count that because I don't count it until my Leafs play. So I think it's what the 13th or the 12th that we kick things off against the Habs. So I am fucking amped. So, let's get into some of the news around the NHL today. We'll kick off with some signings. Um, so from last week we, we we talked about Spencer Knight. Holy fuck, I feel like that's so much money, but okay, well, if you want me to, if you want me to hear, if you want to hear about me talk about Spencer Knight's contract, you're going to have to watch la- listen to the last episode. So make sure you go listen to that one and all my other podcasts. I did a legend of Zelda on Monday. A link to the Past. I never played that game before, so if you want to hear my thoughts and, and does that game still stack up, make sure you go back and check out that episode and all that good stuff. Thank you very much. So, we'll kick it off with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They signed Andrew Peakey, who I, I didn't even know existed, but he got a three-year deal uh, worth $8.25 million, coming out to $2.75 million per season. He's a defenseman. He's 24. He shoots right, so... Yeah, I guess that's like minimum gonna be at least two million dollars just for those certain things, but in eighty-two games he put up two goals, thirteen assists, fifteen points, so nothing special, but Columbus sees something in them, so they gave him a nice I guess it's like a bridge deal, so congratulations. And of course the Toronto Maple Leafs made a signing. Sandine is finally signed, or Sunde, as everyone's been calling him, well at least spit and chicklets did. And I was like, It's not it's Sandine. What the what the heck? But um, yep, the Leafs finally signed him, and they signed him for exactly what they offered him months ago, and he said no. But two years, two point eight million dollars coming out to one point four million dollars per season, the exact same deal that Lilligren signed for about a month ago. And uh yeah, so that's that's fine. I mean I wish we just got that over with initially, and he didn't try try to squeeze the Leafs for an extra two hundred grand per season. Is it really worth it? But yeah, with all the injuries that the Leafs defenseman uh, the defense has taken over the the last week here uh sandine decided that it was best for the team and the best for himself to get his ass signed and get his ass in into training camp and and get get rolling here because I mean he's only 22 years old last season he only got into 51 games put up 16 points five of those were goals so that's pretty that's pretty decent and yeah I'm totally satisfied with the deal uh it's it's a big 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 year for sandine he's got an opportunity here uh to get into the lineup to get a pretty prominent role on the team we'll see if we'll see what he does with it i i'm really rooting for him that's for sure we we really need Sandine to take that next step this season and i really hope he does so two years let's see what he can do and san jose sharks signed scott harrington to a league minimum deal he's a kind of a depth defenseman montreal canadians signed goaltender jake allen to a two-year extension 7.7 million dollars in total coming out to 3.85 million dollars per season yeah, maybe it's a little bit expensive for what other teams may pay Jake Allen, but the Habs have a ton of money. Uh, He is going to be their starting goaltender because it looks like Carey Price's Dunyan rings. I don't know if he's coming back at all, but... 32 years old. Uh, he had a, uh, you know, for considering the team that he was in front of him last year, uh, 35 games played, nine wins. Oh my goodness, 3.30 goals against average and a 905 save percentage. So he was able to keep it over 900, which is pretty impressive. And honestly, I think Jake Allen is a solid goaltender. Wouldn't want him to be my starter, per se. Maybe, well, I would take him maybe on the Leafs right now, and that would maybe make me feel better over Murray and Samsonov, but I'm fine with Murray and Samsonov. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But, yeah, Jake Allen, I mean, there's... Not much risk to this, as long as he can stay healthy, the Habs would really appreciate that if he can stay healthy, but I don't think they really give a shit. They really wanna finish bottoms bottoms in the league this year so they can get a shot at Bedard or Mishkov or the other guys, but um, yeah, it's gonna be a good draft and doesn't look like Montreal's gonna do very good at all, but there you go, Jake Allen signed. The guy that I've always wanted the Leafs to get is signed with, not the Leafs, Carolina Hurricanes get Calvin Dehan one year eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars got into 69 games grow up 69 games last year four goals four assists eight points he's uh gonna be a depth defenseman for sure for Carolina they got a very very good d d core over there but um yeah if anyone goes down and you got a Calvin DeHaan coming in to take over I'd be very happy with that but there you go good good on you Carolina you get him again Anaheim Ducks signed Nathan Bolyu to an $850,000 contract for one year. That's fine. Another, uh, he he may get into the lineup. I don't know, but more than likely a depth defenseman for them as well. Daniel Sprong signs. Daniel Sprong? Yeah, that's right. Signs with the Seattle Kraken one year, league minimum. Got into 63 games last year, 14 goals, six assists, 20 points. That's not too bad. He's still youngish, 25 years old, so I don't know if he's gonna really. Break out at any time soon. But man, I used to get this guy all the time in the NHL games and he would get so fucking good. He would literally just put up like 90, 100 points. But yeah, I, uh, I guess he didn't really hit that level. But there you go. He signs with the Kraken. Could maybe hit 15 goals again this season and a fully healthy season. Maybe he cracks 20 goals. Krakens 20 goals. I don't know. But uh, good for them. Um, okay that's a hell of a name right there uh Grigory Dronov one year $770,000 so oh there you go 20,000 extra over league minimum uh one year Carolina Hurricanes don't know a single thing about him he's a defenseman 24 years old more than likely going to be playing in the minors I would imagine Owen Beck signs his entry level contract with the Montreal Canadiens so there you go i am not sure who he is he's a center 18 years old so more than likely won't be seeing him in the lineup for a while but there you go and the big signing that came down uh yesterday um it seems that we get at least one major signing per week still but matthew barzal signs his big ticket with the with the islanders eight years coming out to 73 million dollars in total coming out to 9.15 million dollars per season so A lot of people are kind of uh, up in arms about this because Matthew Barzal has not been putting up incredible numbers since uh, in the the island. You know, he had that really good rookie season. I think he had 85 points or something. Like, it was good, man. He looked like he's going to be an absolute stud. And he is a stud. He's an absolute stud. But he's been playing in a system that doesn't allow him to flourish offensively. And now with the new coaching in the island, very good chance that he can hit 90 plus points this season. We'll see we'll have to really see what this kid can do i mean i mean i don't know if i should call him a kid he's 25 he's only four years younger than me but last year wasn't that great of a season for him 73 games 15 goals 44 assists 59 points now obviously that does not scream nine million dollar player but i think he is capable of being worth that nine million dollar tag as it is right now no i don't think he is but fact of the matter is they're buying up a ton of unrestricted free agent years and uh, yeah if he walked to the market he potentially could have gotten more so I think the Islanders are pretty satisfied with this deal. I imagine the fans are pretty good with it too because they get to see Barzell and his incredible skills that he has. So I think it'll be an all right deal. I mean, regardless, eight-year deals nowadays are always pretty risky, but I think it's safe to say that the Matthew Barzell contract should be fine. He's going to be about 33 years old by the end of it. Very highly skilled player. So I think that should be solid, but yeah but even with that the cap going up in uh three years it could explode upwards so this could potentially be a steal of a deal we'll just have to kind of wait and see uh how the island uh do with their new coaching style see if the offense really explodes over there they literally did absolutely nothing in the offseason so they're they're pretty confident in the group that they had uh and it was just kind of a a disastrous unlucky season for them because i mean it kind of was they had to start the season and uh on the road for a long time because their fucking rank wasn't ready to go yet but yeah i mean i i think the islanders could bounce back this year but we'll just have to wait and see man that's why i'm getting so excited for the season because there's so many things so many questions that need answers and I'm, I'm just itching for the fucking season to start so Let's get into now the NHL injuries over the last week. Always going to be a ton of these motherfuckers, so... Uh, Trevor Segris got absolutely blasted in a preseason game just a few days ago. Uh, had his head down and got absolutely fucking decked. Like, welcome to the NHL kind of hit. And thankfully, he's only going to be day to day. So, says he's dealing with an upper body injury and is expected to be back on the ice on Sunday. So, he seems to be fine. So, that's really, really good news for the Anaheim Ducks. I imagine their hearts... Just absolutely like dropped to their out of their ass when they saw Zgris get blasted like that. But he's okay, he got back up, so it's all right. Uh, Boston Bruins Taylor Hall is considered to be weak to weak with an upper body injury, so just another major blow to the Boston Bruins. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it's just these kind of things keep happening. It just makes me feel even better and better that I don't have them making the playoffs. And how can you have them making the playoffs when they don't have Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, Taylor Hall? Like, Bergeron is Bergeron, but he's getting older, and his offense is is fine, but it's not game-breaking or anything. Like, he's a very good player, but he's pretty much the only player. Him and Pasternak are the only guys, really, that can really provide that consistent offense. So people are going to have to step up over there in Boston, and honestly, I hope they they're just a, a team that just misses the playoffs and 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 yeah that would be great I don't want them to tank out and and get it bedard because that would just fucking infuriate me but yeah dealing with a ton of injuries over there in the in, in Boston Matt Grizzlick also on injured reserve uh, he's making strides to come back but he's still not going to be making it for the beginning of the season so haha, Boston how do you like that okay who else do we got Uh, connor murphy and caleb jones dealing with uh, day-to-day injuries in chicago gabriel landeskog is on injured reserve dealing with a lower body injury is doing off ice workouts but has not yet resumed skating so not really sure we don't have a clear date of when he's going to be back but it doesn't look like he'll be ready to go for the opener of the season which which sucks but um you know could defending color uh defending stanley cup champions uh they should be able to handle themselves just fine columbus blue jackets dealing with uh jonas corpus is listed as out dealing with a hip injury he was a full participant in tuesday's practice but um yeah i don't you know out what the hell is out mean like it was, it was it's not quite it's just a stupid like what the hell is that Boone Jenner dealing with a back injury, uh, he should be able to, uh, he'll be fine to go by the beginning of the season by the looks of it, and it uh, looks like he's going to be centering that top line in Columbus, he's going to have Goudreau and Line a on his wing, uh, I was kind of hoping that Ken Johnson could take that from him, but I think Boone Jenner would uh, would love to be the center of those two guys, so that would be great for him. Uh, Andrew Kopp is listed as out, dealing with an abdomen injury. Uh, he's been, um, he skated in practice, so I have I don't know what the hell out is supposed to mean, but he's out, so there you go. Uh, doesn't look like they're dealing with any other major injuries. Okay, don't know that guy's name. Derzy in LA and Quinton Byfield and Victor Arvidsson are all still listed day to day. So they should be ready to go for the opener of the season. Quinton Byfield really needs to stay healthy this season. We want to see... Well, LA really would like to see what they have in this player and so do I because I'm really interested to see what Quinton Byfield can do I believe he was the second overall pick so still waiting to see what he can do there okay we got oh there's a bad one here for the Ottawa Senators Cam Talbot is out Talbot will be sidelined for five to seven weeks with an upper body injury so that is a massive blow to the Ottawa Senators and their goaltending depth thankfully they still have I think it's Forsberg that they have right And uh, yes, that really sucks for Talbot because I imagine he was uh, really excited to get uh, to fight for the starting role. He was more than likely going to be the starter there for the Ottawa Senators out of the gate until, but now he's not. So he's down for five to seven weeks. That really sucks for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Good news for the Philadelphia Flyers. Sean Couturier apparently does not require uh, surgery for his back and is still considered week to week. But uh, it's a lot better than if he had to have surgery, then he would have been down for probably a few months. So, that's decent news for for the uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. But, um, yeah, still doesn't look like it's going to be a fun year for them. Nico Sturm is dealing with an injury. Sorry, I missed the Pittsburgh Penguins. Teddy Blueger is, is day-to-day with an upper body injury. Nico Sturm of the San Jose Sharks is also day-to-day. Uh, excuse me, goodness, good. Uh, Yanni Gord with the Seattle Kraken and Jonas Donskoy, also Michael Kempney, all day today for the Seattle Kraken. It appears uh, two of them are dealing with upper body injuries and Gord is dealing with an illness. They would really like to have a healthy Yanni Gord this season because, well, he was supposed to be their first line center last season. I don't know if he's going to be first line this year. I think he's actually listed to be their first line center, but I think Matty Beniers is going to have a thing or two to say about that. And. I mean, I don't think Shane Wright is going to be taking the second line center role. I think he's going to fit in pretty decently on that third line, sheltered minutes so he doesn't get fucking fed to the Wolves because I imagine the Kraken are going to be pretty shitty this year as well. And we'll talk about some other news that are going on with the Kraken a little bit later. St. Louis Blues, they got Tyler Picklick. Vladimir Tarasenko all day to day right now Tarasenko is just under the weather under under the weather so uh, he's more than likely just like I don't need this preseason shit just wake me up when the season begins Tyler Pitlick is uh, won't be available because of an upper body injury so yeah doesn't really not that big of a deal Toronto Maple Leafs you got Jake Muzzin day to day what else is new Pierre Engvall is still listed on the injured reserve dealing with an ankle injury he did take part in practice on Sunday so really hoping we will have I don't I doubt it we're gonna have him for the opening night but I really hope so because we're expecting another really nice year out of Pierre Engvall he really stepped up last year and we want him to continue that momentum John Tavares will miss a minimum of three weeks when the bleak strain which is a pretty shitty blow to the Leafs you know uh, they're they're pretty okay on the offense but I mean going down with starting the season without the captain is uh, always not a great thing I'm not sure if I talked about this last week I feel like I may have but um uh, I don't know if we had a time time frame on that injury but yeah he's gonna be missing a few weeks there so that sucks You got, uh, okay, uh, William Carrier of the Vegas Golden Knights is day-to-day, and that's it. Yay, okay, so not too many injuries, but yeah, still, and uh, that leads me to, um, I want to talk about the preseason. Is that shit too long? Like, I feel like it's way too long, and of course, I know it comes down to teams wanting to make money and the fact that other teams actually do quite well, like the Toronto Toronto preseason games, they seem to be quite filled with fans. Everyone's really excited. I mean, anything in Toronto and hockey and the Leafs, it's always going to sell. But um, I think the fact that it's, like, what, seven or eight games, like, I feel like it's a little bit ridiculous. And the amount of freaking injuries that have been coming through already... Uh, just outrageous. I remember that the preseason, I think, was like four or five games. I would prefer it to be less, but honestly, to me, it doesn't really matter all that much to me uh, how long it is. It's a great opportunity for the rookies and guys looking to make an impact on the team to get a job on PTOs. It's great for all those guys. Now, me, if I was a coach i would more than likely just keep my big guns out uh, so that they don't get hurt i would rather them play meaningful games instead of preseason games like dudes that you know are legit lock-ins for example like matthews nylander stuff like that like do you really need them out there playing games like maybe like for example you want them like william nylander's been playing with uh, nick robertson quite a bit and maybe they're trying to see if there's a chemistry there because it seems like that second line left wing spot is still open for debate for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yeah, that's just how it is. I just don't, I'm just not a big fan of preseason. So the fact that it's so fucking long, I, I wish it was shorter personally, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, some waiver wire news that is worth noting. So some guys here that have been put on the waiver wire or they were released from their PTO. So Oscar Dansk. Uh, Goaltender was uh, put on waivers. I remember him getting really, really good in some of the NHL games. Doesn't look like he uh, he's uh, going to crack that potential, but I wouldn't be surprised if a team uh, put in a claim for him. Gabriel Carlson. He's a younger defenseman. Uh, the only reason why I put him down because I remember uh, one of the NHL games when they uh, brought in like that um, kind of like the fog of war thing and uh, I got totally taken to the cleaners on on this defenseman. I paid a hefty price to get him because they had him listed as a medium elite and then when I got him he was like a low top four and I paid like a shitload for him so I was super pissed but he's on freaking waivers Zach Fukali the goaltender is also on waivers which you know uh, I remember I think he got a shutout in his first game or something that he played with the Capitals last year so I wouldn't be overly surprised if someone took a claim on him he's still a young goaltender don't know if that potential he's ever going to hit but who knows maybe he could still be a respectable backup goaltender maybe a fringe goaltender uh, mikhil wraith uh, i just remember him he was a high draft pick i think he was taken 11th overall in the first round by the rangers if i'm if i'm if i'm not mistaken big motherfucker you uh, i think maybe i would like the leafs maybe to take a whack at him claiming him on waivers uh could be a nice big depth defenseman that they they could potentially have some use for this guy uh dal cole has been released from his pto i just I just another one of these guys that got really good in the chel games back in the day uh i i used to love this guy but um yeah he's been released from his pto which is a shame uh alex nylander the brother of william nylander has been put on waivers and i don't know that draws a little bit of interest it seems like uh he's not going to be the word on the street is that this kid is uh, not going to be an nhl caliber player but I think it would be really cool if the Leafs took a swing on him. Then the brothers could maybe get together. I don't think Will um, Alex Nylander would ever crack the lineup for the Leafs. But I think it would be really cool if he could play for the Marlies. Just be in the system and be around his brother. And then, you know, Willie can be like, oh, look how fucking awesome and sexy I am. I'm better looking than you. I make more money than you. I score more goals. I fuck more chicks. And like, oh, I'm just all around way better than you. But yeah, it must suck to be uh, William Nylander's brother right now drake kajula apparently uh, a lot of people are surprised that he was put on waivers a pretty solid bottom six forward would not be surprised at all if he is claimed ole Ulevi levy has also been put on waivers Uh, just absolutely tragic that the vancouver canucks uh picked this kid and maddie kachuk was waiting for them and they they took this defenseman over him and here he is he's been traded he's been popping around a few teams and now he was with the anaheim ducks and now they have him on waivers so yeah that's a pretty big ouch for the for canucks fans i imagine they they're still pretty salty about that pick in the and i on i remember that that draft and i was shocked that they didn't take uh kachuka as well but um yeah that's that's how it goes sometimes they 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 pick the need instead of taking the best player available and uh, yeah it comes back to bite them pretty good Dustin takarski is also on waivers and james the real deal neil has been released from his pto so doesn't look like the real deal is going to be in the nhl this season but who knows someone may still take a swing at him to try and get that hot start that james neil is usually good for like he's usually the hottest goal scorer in the first week of the nhl and then everybody settles in and then he disappears but we'll see Okay, so that's all the waivers I'm going to talk about for now. So let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, of course, why wouldn't we talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, some interesting things uh, coming out uh, been seen in, in the preseason. We've had, um, we had some forwards playing defense due to injuries. We had Kerfoot playing defense and... Um, I forget who the other guy was playing defense, but they they did really well. They ended up getting the shutout. Uh, they didn't allow any goals with those guys playing defense. So now the question has been going around out there. Uh, they've been seeing Marner playing uh, defense a little bit. And uh, Keefe said that he is going to be utilizing Marner a little bit on the blue line. And I think that's a great idea. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I have zero problems with that. I think it's going to be very good. I've even, like, the way that Marner's been playing the last few years, I've... Like, honestly thought he would maybe be more effective on that blue line at times because, A, he's he's a very effective forward on our penalty kill. He's quite good at that. He's an insanely great skater. He's got insanely good... Uh, first pass potential he can make that big breakout pass easily he could carry it up no problem uh because he's got the moves he's got the moves like jagger and um yeah i would not be surprised if we see a five forward power play a few times this season to see how that goes maybe have marner on the point with matthews Tavares, willie and and someone else and shit like that and then you get have morgan riley on the point for for the backup power play shit like that because like marner is excellent he he like even if he gets in trouble on that blue line per se he's got the speed and the the aggressiveness to back check and maybe get that puck back or at least be able to hold them off so honestly i have i i i'm a little surprised that it hasn't been done more in the nhl over the years like the last guy of of note that that made that shift and um was brett burns he was a, he was a forward and then they moved him to, to defense and he's been he's been a defenseman ever since and uh, it's been very very effective for him uh fedorov back in the day for the Detroit red wings he was he's more comparable to marner a very skilled uh forward but, definitely way better defensively than Marner but I I think people underrate Marner's defensive abilities he is quite good at it I must admit I am I'm very happy that he's uh, made a spot for himself on the penalty kill because he's quite effective and I'm looking for Matthews to take that jump over onto the penalty kill as well I think he is he is also a pretty good two-way forward I would say Marner would edge him out I think Marner is a little bit more is a little better on that defensive side of it so that's why they're playing with him but i would love to see a like a penalty kill unit of matthews uh marner and morgan riley or something like that that would just also you know it would make the the power plays uh, or the penalty kills you know, the teams with the power play against us maybe think twice you know there is matthews and marner out there and if marner is able to take down that pass and shoot it up the matthews then oh you're in big fucking trouble and the Leafs did score quite a quite a good amount of shorthanded goals last season. So, me personally, I'm quite excited to see what Marner could do if uh, if they utilize him on the blue line. I think it would be really really cool to see that. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to work out quite nicely in my opinion, and hopefully that builds a trend because. Um, I don't know how many people are Raptors fans that are listening to this, but I, I am a fan of the Raptors and, and they utilize that quite a bit over there, especially last season where they didn't necessarily have a, a bonafide center per se. They, did, they didn't have a very big center and the raptors tend to use a a positionless style of basketball where there's not one any one guy necessarily dedicated to one position. They have a bunch of like utility players that can play a whole bunch of positions and they kind of just rotate around in a situational style. So that's what I'm looking for out of the Leafs this year. No, I don't think you're gonna sit there and have Marner listed as the as the defenseman. But when it comes to situational uh, times, you know, when the time is right, it's like okay, let's put Marner on the point. Let's add in more forwards on the power play and try and get a goal here, something like that. Which I think is is a great tool to add to the repertoire to the Leafs because if there is one thing that i've noticed over the last five years at least in my eyes i've watched a ton of leaf games is that they're extremely predictable uh they do t- they tend to do the same fucking things over and over and over again even when it's not working they'll just try and force it instead of adapting and changing their strategies especially when we're ahead Babcock, it's definitely not as bad with Keith. Keith can can adapt sometimes on the fly sometimes he doesn't when i feel like he should but um yeah babcock just would never do anything if even if they were like It didn't matter. It didn't matter how obviously things weren't working. He just wouldn't do what was obviously the right thing to do. So that's why he's out of the league. That's why he's not here anymore. And uh, Keith definitely has a more open mind about changing things up when it's not working, which is great because, dude, like, that one season where our power play was insane and then the next year it just, or, like, it started insane and then it fiddled out is because they they just kept doing the same exact thing over and over again. Marner would get it, he would throw it into the middle, into a bunch of traffic, and it would, like, get deflected in by JVR or something. And then everyone in the league knew what they were doing and they would just clog up the middle, and then, yeah, it wouldn't work anymore, and their power play just went just took an absolute fucking nosedive because it's like you do the same things every single time and like they're sometimes the way that they they break into the offensive zone when it's so obvious they do uh, one guy goes for a back pass back pass back pass everyone build up into the blue line then they some they're definitely a lot better at getting into it now but oh my god at, at the beginning They would do that, and it just would not work. It just would not work, and then they keep trying it, keep trying it. It's like, oh my god, it's just sometimes they're too predictable. And I think the I I love the idea of adding a little bit of variety to the strategy. So I'm all in for Marner being on defense. Fuck it, throw Matthews in net, and then we're good to go. So um, another guy on the Leafs that's ma- been making a lot of waves in the preseason. There's actually been a few guys making waves in the preseason. Uh, apparently, the leading uh, uh, point getter in the in the in the preseason for the Toronto Maple Leafs is Malgin. And there you go. So all you people giving shit to Malgin all this time, I think you guys can shut the fuck up. He may potentially take that second line left wing spot. I have no idea who they're going to pick yet. I think it should be Nick Robertson because Nick Robertson's been tearing it the fuck up in preseason, dude. He's got a ton of points. Malgan's look great. And um, yeah, I'm down with either one of them. Uh, Sadly, I think that the Leafs are tending to lean towards putting nick robertson down in the minors again which i think sucks if they do that i think they should give him at least a few of the of the opening games to see if he can really do it in the nhl uh, on the nhl level and uh, i think the big thing with him is just he needs just needs to stay healthy that's the biggest thing about nick robertson right now we just need him to play healthy play a full season and let's just see what this kid can do in a full season because I just haven't seen him play enough. He keeps getting, last year I think he broke his leg, was it or something and he missed a ton of games. He only got into I think 29 games last year. It just wasn't wasn't enough. So, really need Robertson to um to play. And we actually have a question that I totally didn't force my friend to ask me so I can do it on my show, but Billy from from Canada asks, "How many games do you think Nick Robertson will play this season, and I really like that question because I am on the Nick Nick Robertson train. I want him to be on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, I would totally love if he played a full 82 season. Now, yep, that's extremely optimistic. So let's tone it back a little bit. I think Nick Robertson in uh, in a beautiful world this year. I would love uh, for him to get into a good amount of NHL games now is that going to come from injuries is that going to come from him just taking that spot holding on to it and so on and so forth and off he goes maybe to be as successful as his younger older brother i don't older brother i think yeah jason robertson anyway Um, Me, I think Robertson uh, could break out this season and and find a role on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would love for him to play 72-plus games this season, fully uh, lock him into that second-line spot. I know not a lot of other people think he's going to be able to do that, but why not? He's looked great in the preseason so far. He looks like he has some chemistry there with William Nylander. His confidence has skyrocketed upwards with his great production in the preseason, and yeah, dude, if he can stay healthy, I I can't see why not to have Nick Robertson start out the season in in the in the lineup. That would be awesome. Yes, I would really like to see what Malgan can do as well. I think it should still be a battle between those two, but I would really love it if if Robertson can edge him out because that's the guy you I would want to break out. Like, yeah, it'd be great if Malgan could be an effective forward as well, but Nick Robertson's our prospect and we would really like that kid to to break out and Yeah, so I would like to see Robertson get into a a very good 72-plus game season this year, and it would be amazing if he could put up 50 to 55 points, maybe hit 20 goals, something like that. I would be just over-the-moon ecstatic if we can get a season like that out of Nick Robertson. And in other news coming out of the the preseason uh, games for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Murray and Samsonov have both looked really solid in their game so far. I'm pretty sure they almost have uh, identical stats, if not identical stats. Um, so who do you? So the question is, who is going to take that role? Who is going to be the bona fide starter for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Is one of them going to take over? Is one of them going to fall back? Is one of them going to get hurt? And honestly, it seems like a lot of people are starting to build a lot of momentum and and liking the the looks of samsonov right now and i I like honestly i like both goaltenders i think there's i think there's there's still a lot to be had with matt murray a two-time stanley cup winner yeah he's been going through some shit lately but looks like he's rejuvenated his confidence so far in toronto so far so good in the preseason he's looked solid and he's getting the wins, he's making saves, he's not letting in too many goals, he's not getting lit the fuck up. And Samsonov is a young goaltender himself, another first-round talent, which means there's definitely something to be had in this goaltender that, yes, the they, they he looked terrible in Washington last year, but they're not exactly the strongest defensive team. And I don't know, maybe that that environment over there was not very good for a young Samsonov. He was getting yelled at by Ovechkin, uh, the locker room. Was really tense and stuff like that over there. So maybe a little bit more laid back situation with the Leafs. So, you know, a little bit more like a little more hand holding maybe for a younger player to try and help him get things back in order. Um, I think he looks great, man. I, I, I don't care who fucking. I just want if they both break out and they're both just they just in a perfect world it'd be like okay you take the net tonight okay you take the net tonight oh I got a shutout oh so did I it's like oh that'd be great that's just uh that'd be the greatest situation but honestly if I had to pick one uh to to maybe edge out the other I would really like to see Sam Sonoff I think that would be great uh I I don't I not nothing against Matt Murray I think he could still I think they're both going to be great I think, honestly, they're both going to be better, a lot better, than what Campbell and Marazic did last year. Now, that's not saying that much because they were both pretty bad last season. I I don't like saying bad things about Jack Campbell because he's such a sweetheart. Even though (laughs) my buddy actually, uh, Billy, sent me a really fucking funny tweet that was going around on the internet. Uh, The photos were taken. And Jack Campbell looks so sad in his picture. It looks like he was hanging out with McDavid all summer and they just got super bummer drummer together. And yeah, Jack Campbell looks like he saw some shit over the summer or just, yeah, he doesn't look very pleased. Like, just look up the picture of of Jack Campbell in the Toronto Maple Leafs biggest smile you've ever seen. He's glowing. He He looks like there's a sun around him. It's just amazing. And then he goes to Edmonton and it's just like, just stone cold dead look in his eyes he's like oh god it's like that is the that is the saddest looking man who just signed a massive like what 25 million dollar contract like how smile a little bit jack like geez be try and pretend you're a little bit excited to play in Edmonton holy moly but uh yeah that's really funny uh but yeah Peter Mrazek was absolutely abysmal last year I was just not fit whatsoever it was like Honestly, I I wasn't into Peter Mrazek pretty much from from day one. I saw him play. His body language was terrible. Uh, he was flipping out. It's just not something that we needed. And uh, yeah, his performances were never good. He got lit up pretty much every single time, or his groin would rip. So there was one of the two things: he would get lit up, or his groin groin would rip. So yeah, the Peter Mrazek thing. Thankfully, we got rid of him, and that's over and done with. I think it's safe to say that. Murray will be better than Marazic and I think Sam Zonoff is going to be better than Jack Campbell so that's what I think Uh, what do you guys think do you think Sam Zonoff is going to be the guy that pops out do you think it's going to be Matt Murray or do you think they're both going to suck and they're both going to tear their groins and they're both going to end up being on waivers and Matt and Matt Murray's going to get traded or something and they're going to have to give up a first round pick to get rid of him it's going to be a fucking disaster something like that just let me know. What do you guys think? I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a fun year for the goaltending tandem in Toronto. And I think it's going to be just fine. Okay. So, there's some trade shit going on right now. Alright? Jacob Chikrin wants to get the fuck out of Arizona. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh a lot of lot of that going around last year as well looked like he was going to get traded and then he very much so did not get traded he had a pretty rough year himself last year he was hurt didn't put up a lot of points didn't play very well but no one really on arizona aside from maybe clayton keller played decent and i mean nick schmaltz was pretty good but again he was injured i think nick schmaltz is one of the more underrated players in the league considering how good he was in arizona last year and the minimum games that he played but anyway not talking about nick schmaltz so Apparently, word on the street. The streets have been talking about Jacob Chikrin like crazy. And apparently, three teams. It's down to three teams that are in on him. One, the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course. I mean, if there's there's someone out there of interest, the Leafs are probably in on it. I'm surprised Vegas isn't in on them either. But no, Vegas is not. Apparently, one of the three teams. The other two being the Ottawa Senators and the St. Louis Blues. So... What do I think of those three teams? And who do I think would have the best chance to acquire Jacob Chikrin? And I'm going to go with the... No, I'm not it's not the Toronto Maple Leafs. I honestly think the Ottawa Senators have the best opportunity to acquire Jacob Chikrin. And honestly, I think they need him the most out of the other two teams. St. Louis is pretty good on the back end. They got a pretty nice back end there. And the Leafs, I think, have a really solid... Defensive core right now. The only problem is, is that is Toronto. So if you put that defensive core in, like uh boston you put them put that that decor decor in carolina it would be an amazing defensive core but the fact that it's toronto and we're not exactly the strongest defensively systemed team out there that core gets flack but honestly on paper that that defensive core looks fantastic it's honestly the best defensive core i have ever seen the toronto maple leafs have in my Twenty plus years of being a Leaf fan, this is by far the best defensive core I've ever seen. But um and but if you added Chikrin to that, I, I honestly don't even know where the fuck he was gonna he would fit in right now. Like I think it would be safe to say that Muzzin's more than likely going to get hurt. And so on and so forth, so he could slide into that. But honestly, if I if the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to make a deal for Chikrin, I think I mean Muzzin would have to go back. Right? There's there's no way that they have to take on some salary. Then there would have to be a prospect in there, and more unlikely, they're going to be looking at Matthew Nyes. And I don't think Matthew Nyes right now is is he might be untouchable for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He looks like he is going to be something really special, Matthew Nyes. And um, yeah. Uh, According to Steve Dangle, he is our best prospect in the system right now, or at least the most promising one. Um, so yeah, I think I don't think Matthew Nyes is someone that the Leafs would, would like to trade right now. Uh, even for Jacob Chikorin, who has term, uh, he has a really nice deal, but... I just don't think it would be worth it for the Toronto Maple Leafs to go after Chikrin. Would it be nice? Absolutely, it would be nice. Fuck yeah, of course it would be nice to have him, but I think the assets that they would have to give up, it wouldn't be worth it, in in my opinion. Uh, I think the Leafs are pretty light on forward depth right now, at least, like, uh, like, like you know, that, that high-end prospect thing, which is something they're going to need, man. Like, you're going to need those young kids on ELCs and, and small contracts to come up and produce. So if we can get a Matthew Nyes to come up this season, next season, and produce 50, 60 points on an ELC contract, those are the kind of things that win you Stanley Cups, right? Like, look at the Boston Bruins back in... The, I hate that I keep bringing up the Bruins, but it's the one that I can remember, is that they had Brad Marchand and a young Tyler Seguin on that team. And that really... Those two performed excellently for them and that really sent them over the hump and got them that Stanley Cup because they had those young guys on on nice deals and they were able to surround those nice uh, young forwards with, with good veterans and all that good shit and boom, you get a cup so on and so forth but honestly i think the ottawa senators have the best opportunity to get him they have the salary cap they have a ton of assets they probably have a lot of picks that they can give up extra picks that they can give up and stuff like that um i i don't know well enough uh the ottawa uh prospect pool and so on and so forth to 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 whip out a deal what i think would be but i think the ottawa senators are going to get chikrin Honestly, I think I think it just makes the most sense. But watch, St. Louis will come out of nowhere, and they're going to end up getting him for some reason. So, yeah, what team do you guys think is going to acquire Jacob Chikrin? I go with the Sens, but I'd lo- I would like it if the Leafs got him, but it would only depend on what they give up. So if Dubas can work out a, a magical deal where it's like, okay, here's Jake Muzzin and a third. Oh fuck yeah! I'll take that deal all day, all night. All McQueen, thank you so much. I love you so much, Jake Muslim. But we'll send you off to the sun, McQueen. But uh, yeah, no way that that deal would would be enough. But um, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Okay. And um, one thing I wanted to touch on with um, so we know that um, the the jerseys are are acquiring ads on the jerseys this season. I don't know why I said it that way, but yeah, ads on the jerseys now i don't really give a shit i'm uh i don't care at all that they're adding it i'm surprised honestly it took them this long because everybody else does it and the nhl is such a copycat league I'm, I'm a little surprised that it took them this long to copy all the other leagues because that's what the nhl does best it's like oh oh shit they're doing oh we'll do that too like like with the nba when when COVID happened they're like okay nba shut down okay we're shut down now that's it that's it nba will do anything that the nba does so yeah that's uh, that's that. But my quarrel with the ads thing now is that, allegedly, when you go to the uh, when you go to the arena to get the jersey, um, apparently now it's up to the teams if they are or aren't going to have the jersey ads on them. And my biggest problem is is that they're going to charge the same price. What the hell is that? I mean, why? I think the jerseys that have the ad on it should be less money. I mean, the, the teams are making more money off of it. It's, it has an ad on it. They're obviously going to get a kickback for, for that ad being on it. Like Milk is going to give the Toronto Maple Leafs some milk money for having milk on the freaking jerseys' milk. So why the hell, like, why would I sit there and pay two hundred dollars for a jersey with milk on it when I can get a jersey without milk on it for two hundred dollars? Like, if 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 for if it was a hundred and eighty dollars, I would totally go. Well fuck, I'll get the milk thing because it's hilarious. But of course, everything's about a money grab, everything's about profits, everything's business and all that crap. And no, I'm not overly surprised that that the league is doing it this way, but I'm disappointed, man. I think I think they should they should knock off a few bucks if you're gonna sit there and throw milk on my jersey. I think that that should be uh that should be at a discounted price. And now the fact that like it's up to the teams if they're doing it or not, I think it should like I should be... like I'm the fan here. Like, I'm the one buying the product. I think I should be the one that have the options. If I want fucking milk on my jersey and and I, I asked nicely for it, you put fucking milk on there, goddammit. And if I don't want it, then I don't want it. And, and I shouldn't have to pay the same price if milk is on it and I don't want it. I should be at least discounted because, like, who honestly wants the milk on there? I mean, it's kind of funny. It's really funny, actually. But, um yeah, that's just my two cents. I think that they should be cheaper because you're you're getting more money for it so you should give your fans some sort of deal because a why are jerseys so stupidly expensive like i won't i've i paid full price for a jersey one time and that was when i was nine years old my ed balfour original ccm i paid full price for that daddy and literally bro if you're patient enough you can get jerseys insanely cheap i shit you not i get it i got a austin matthews uh saint patrick's jersey fully authentic with the fight strap this is a 250 jersey i got it for 25 dollars on the nhl store because i was patient and i got very very lucky that i think they only had one left it just happened to be in my size and they reduced that bitch down like insane amounts i saw it for 50 dollars, and i was like holy shit and then I checked it later on that night, it was down to twenty five, and I said, That's it, I'm getting it. So yeah. I've got a I got a Joe Thornton jersey for fifty bucks. I got I got um I got a Marner St. Pat's for I think hundred bucks, the Morgan Riley for 120. So if I were y'all, just don't pay full prices for jerseys because you can generally get them extremely cheap. At the end of the season, you can get them cheaper at least anyway. The worst time to buy a jersey is at the beginning of the season because yeah, they'll have the new jersey, it'll be full price, blah blah blah. Get it at the end of the year or especially once the team gets eliminated from the playoffs, they generally even have a deal like a like an ongoing like oh, all teams eliminated from the playoffs, like $50 off or 25% off shit like that. So, if you're looking to buy jerseys, just be patient, don't pay full price, uh especially if you're looking for the best deals are when a player gets traded and and you don't give a shit like I know, I know Flames fans are going to hate me for this, but I was desperate for a Calgary Flames jersey, and this was the cheapest one that I can get, I got a Matty Kachuk Flames jersey because he got traded, so it was like 90 bucks, I was like, fuck yeah, I don't care, I still like Matty Kachuk as a player, I think he's a fantastic player, and he just so happened to play for my second favorite team, so I'm cool with owning a Matty Kachuk Flames jersey, no, I will never wear it in Calgary because I'll probably be murdered, but... It's here, and I'm looking at it right now. It's fucking beautiful, and I love it. And the number 19, so badass. Come on. That's one of the sickest NHL numbers of all time. But yeah, anyway, that's my two cents on the NHL jerseys. Uh, don't pay full price. Just wait, because you'll, if you wait, you'll be rewarded with a nice, cheap jersey. So there you go. Okay, so and the last, oh, two pieces of news. Last two pieces of news, and then we'll get into the main topic here, I think. Yeah, I should be. I'll, I'll squeeze it in. Okay, so the Kraken have finally unveiled their new mascot. And um, what the fuck is that thing? It's called Bowie or Boy the Sea Troll. So, okay, I have some questions here. Um, how did you guys not do a Davy Jones thing? Like, that seemed to be like a wit. Like, how could you got the you could do Davy Jones Locker and all that shit? I thought that would have been awesome. Your team's the Kraken. You got an octopus, octopus-faced man for a mascot. That would have been cool. But no, they go for this troll childy looking thing and apparently it has something to do with this troll statue that's in seattle and it's the cousin or son of that statue so i don't know dude that's pretty fucking lame in my opinion the look of it is is nothing special i mean the sad thing is now with with mascots is that they're pretty much always going to be compared to gritty now because gritty is like the the best mascot in the NHL, by far the most interesting one by far, and the scariest one by far. And um, yeah, I remember the day that Gritty got released or uh, shown off, and everyone was like, "Yep, that that's Philly, all right. That that screams Philadelphia, and it's the perfect mascot, and it's amazing." And um, yeah, whatever this fucking troll thing is, I'm just gonna have to wait and see what his personality is like on the ice or when it's doing its mascoty thing. But um, for now, I think it stands for me. I think it's kind of lame. It's a little underwhelming. It is just kind of a mascot. So there you go. And another interesting little piece of news I'll throw in there. uh, The New York Rangers are currently the only team in the NHL that still does not have a mascot. And I think that's awesome. I I don't think they need a mascot. If they were going to get a mascot, I think they should get Sean Avery, dress him up as as the Statue of Liberty, and just be pissed walking around in the crowd, just chirping the fuck out of everybody, make them go out into the streets of New York yelling at, at taxi cabs and stuff. I think that would be pretty fucking entertaining personally, but yeah. And then the final piece of news is the Winnipeg Jets have unveiled a Dale Howard. Is his name Dale? Hold on. Let me, let me just make sure. Don't want to fuck up his name. Yep. Dale Howardchuck. They are giving him a statue. They unveiled it. It looks really, really cool. And I'm, I'm glad that Dale Howarchuk is getting uh, getting some respoink because, uh, honestly, he was probably the most underrated, underappreciated, amazing player of the 80s. The only problem is he played in the 80s. And you know who else played in the 80s? Gretzky. So this guy was basically like the third or second best scorer of that era. He was an incredible player, man. Like, look at this. How many 100-point seasons? One, two, three, four, five, six 100-point seasons. His best season being in 84, 85. In 80 games, he put up 53 goals, 77 assists, 130 points. But no one really gave a shit that year because I believe that was the year Gretzky put up like 215. So, yeah. Howard Chuck basically was always like the afterthought. Not a lot of, like everyone knew maybe at that time, but... To to people of of the nowadays, they don't not a lot of people even know who this guy was. But he was an incredible player, dude. Absolutely incredible. Played a majority, the most most part of his season with the Jets. Had a good stint there with the Sabers. Played a year with the Blues, and then finished it off with a couple of seasons with the Flyers. But in eleven hundred and eighty eight games, he put up five hundred and eighteen goals, eight hundred ninety one assists, fourteen hundred and nine points come on now dude like what an incredible player uh he played a ton in the international stage did great over there as well and yeah dude i think it's awesome that he's getting his uh his statue i think that's awesome and congratulations dale howard chuck one of the most underappreciated players of the 80s in my opinion all right, so uh, since the NHL.com did not release their bold predictions in time, I went to another website, but they are currently doing their top 50 players list right now, and they haven't gotten to their top 10 just yet. I guess that's coming out next week, so I think this week we'll just do the, the 20 till 11, and uh, next week we'll, we'll talk about their whatever their top 10 list is. So at number 20, they have Jonathan Goudreau for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I don't really, I'm not going to have much of I'm just going to, we're just going to talk about it. I don't really have much of an opinion. Maybe I'll make my own list after their list is released, but I don't get to watch, you know, I don't get to watch all the superstar players play as much as i do an austin matthews or mitch marner so really my opinions will will lie with mitch marner and matthews i don't get to watch all the other players enough i have to work i don't get to watch all the hockey sadly I work nights so i miss a lot of hockey sadly and mostly i just have to watch i'll watch the hockey guy watch his recaps and then i'll watch the odd highlight package every now and again if it was a really crazy game out there like oh if the flames if the flames beat edmonton like 7-6, to I'll check those highlights out because I'm like, oh fuck, that was wild, so I'll check that kind of stuff out, but for now we'll just talk about, we'll just, I'll just show I'll just tell you guys what the NHL.com has listed as their top 20-11 to players, so at 20 is Jonathan Goudreau, fucking sick player, I mean he had a killer year last year, 40 goals, 75 assists, 115 points in 82 games, he was a plus 64, goodness gracious, and He's put up 609 points in 602 NHL games. So he's a point-of-game player. He is dynamite. He is Johnny Hockey. He is a very entertaining player to watch. So I'm fine with him cracking that top 20. 19, they got Miko Rantanen of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I'm a little blown away that he's still only 25 years old. I feel like he's been in the league for 18 years. But he's still only 25 years old. So he could still potentially be getting better. So that's really crazy to think about. Last season, he put up 36... 36 goals and 92 points in 75 games and had one hell of a run in the stanley cup finals obviously winning the cup but he had a good good run he had five goals 20 assists 25 points in 20 stanley cup playoff games so really really impressive player uh he's an absolute fucking stud so yeah i'm cool with that 18, they got Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, dude, he had one of the quietest 100-point seasons last year. He was dynamite. And and Stamkos always was dynamite. His problem has always been injuries. Like, a lot of his prime years were taken away from him from really bad injuries and then fighting back from those injuries. But, dude, last year fucking topped 100 points he got 106 points 42 goals 64 assists in 81 games i mean wow he only missed one fucking game i never thought that would happen ever again for steven Stamkos. so hopefully he does that again this year because i drafted him so i would really like him to produce that that greatly for my fantasy team that'd be fantastic. But, um, yeah, it doesn't look like Stamkos is ever going to hit that 60-goal echelon ever again. But the fact of the matter is, he did hit 60 goals once. That was absolutely banana. But, um, yeah, his goal scoring, he's still an amazing goal scorer, don't get me wrong. He's just not that fucking insane level anymore. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see him in that Maurice Rocket-Rouchard trophy race anymore just because of the Leon Dreisaitl's, the Matthews, the Kyle Connors in the league, the Ovechkins. Uh, those guys are just better but stamkos is still a fucking incredible player number 17 jonathan Huberdeau. i mean jesus murphy had one hell of a season last year 115 points 30 goals 85 assists i am looking forward to watching a lot of jonathan Huberdeau this season i am i am planning on on doing uh playing a a, what the hell am I trying to say? Watching a lot more Calgary Flames games this year. I am, um, I got the jersey, and and I don't want to just be a, a a guy that says he's a Flames fan and doesn't watch their games. Uh, usually it's just because I I've, I'm hockeyed out by that time. i usually have just watched my Leaf game at that point, and then I'm like, oh, do I really want to watch like another? It, it usually depends on the on who they're playing. Like if it's like oh, here comes the Flames versus LA, it's like oh, I really don't want to watch LA games. They're so boring, but. Calgary is, uh, I definitely have a lot of interest in the Flames this year to see what they're able to do. Lots of turnover, and I think they're going to be better, so I I think they could easily win the President's Trophy this year. They could be a very, very good team. 16, they have Adam Fox, so this one is just like one that I I just don't know Adam Fox very well. Yes, I know he's an insanely good defenseman, but uh, I just haven't been able to watch a lot of him, so yeah, uh, last year... Uh, he was uh, second at his position with 47 points, five goals, 42 assists in 55 games. Uh, well, that was in 2020-21. Uh, and, he, and he's one of the younger uh, players to win the Norris Trophy that I can remember. Uh, I was quite surprised the year that he won it because that was just so not NHL to give a young defenseman their, their, their due. Even if he, he did earn it, I'm not saying that he didn't earn it. He had a fantastic year. It's just Usually the NHL is playing catch-up and giving it to a defenseman that they didn't give uh, the award to when they were younger, when they deserved it, so they give it to them a lot later. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, Adam Fox is a fantastic player. I I would like to see more. Uh, Last season, he had 74 points, 11 goals, 63 assists in 78 games, which is fucking insane. It's just the fact that Roman Yossi almost had 100 fucking points, and Kale McCarr is Kale McCarr, so... Uh, I think Adam Fox is going to be in that Norris conversation pretty much every year for quite a long time. I don't know if he's ever going to win one again because of Kale McCarr and stuff like that, but who knows, man. Number 15, they got Mitchell fucking Marner. There you go. Uh, he had an insane year last year, 97 points and 72 games. I think he's going to crack that 100-point mark this season as long as he plays in all all the games. I think it's safe to say we're going to see Mitchell Marner hit that 100-point echelon this season. Um, and if he starts playing that defensive role as well i think i think you can even see him cracking that top 10 if he can be really effective as that as a defensive role player who could be a forward and a defenseman that just adds so much value to a player and if he can do that defensive side really effectively which i feel he's already quite a good uh two-way forward right now hell yeah dude i think I'm, i'm very happy to see mitchell marner at 15 that's really awesome 14, they got Kirill, The Thrill, Kaprizov. Again, uh, just a player I haven't gotten to see a whole lot of. Of course, I've seen his highlights. I know he's an insane player, but I haven't sat down and watched a Minnesota game in a long time because, I mean, for a long time, they were the Minnesota Wild, and they were really just kind of there. They were just really mediocre, not that fun to watch. The Parise-Suter era was really just, pfft, I didn't I didn't care one fuck about them. But now that they got Kirill, The Thrill... They're a thrill to watch. They're actually quite fun to watch. I watched a few of their games in the playoffs. I was rooting for them in the playoffs to beat St. Louis, and they didn't. But, um, yeah, I don't know how their season is going to go this year. They lost Fiala for nothing. And, um, yeah, they're in a bit of cap hell right now. But Kirill is a young forward. He can. He's still potentially getting better. He had fucking 108 points last year, 47 goals, and 61 assists. I mean... Damn, and if he can, he may even be getting better. So who knows? He could hit like 120 points at one point in his career. I I wouldn't be overly surprised. But fuck yeah, Kirill the Thrill has arrived in the NHL in a big fucking way. It just took him a minute to get there, but he's here now. Thirteen, they got Nikita Kucherov. I feel like people maybe have forgotten how absolutely insanely good Kucherov is because he's been missing quite a bit of games over the last couple of seasons. But dude. This guy has been, was winning Art Rosses, like, all the time before Leon and McDavid were winning them, but, um, yeah, he he only played in 47 games last season, but he still put up 69 points, I mean, yeah, if you, if you got, um, Kucherov to play a full 82 this year, I think it's safe to say he'll hit 120 plus points this season, he could be in that fight for, uh, I think he'll be in that fight between McDavid, Dreisaitl, and, um, mcdavid so i think kucherov's going to be back into that art ross winning form and uh yeah he's a fucking really good goddamn player his passing sometimes man makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth when i watch him snap that pass through like 18 sticks on a power play and he gets it right there bam right on the stick another guy and the other guy's just like oh my god there it is easiest goal of my life absolutely makes me throw up just a little bit number 12 they have roman yossi i mean uh, one of the greatest defense what well, the greatest defensive season I've ever seen uh from a defenseman point wise. I mean ninety-six points in eighty games last year. Twenty-three goals, seventy-three assists. That's fucking an incredible season for a defenseman. I mean, absolutely insane. Everyone I think everyone wanted to see him break a hundred points the first time a defenseman would break a hundred points since like I think it's Phil Housley and Brian Leach, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but uh, do I don't know if he'll, he will ever get that close to 100 points ever again. Uh, I hope he proves me wrong and he nails 100 points this season. That would be absolutely amazing because I'm a big fan of Roman Yossi, man. I, I've drafted him quite a bit in my fantasy leagues. He's been a stud. I think he's just an unreal player. He is the straw that stirs the drink in Nashville. And um, yeah, pretty much ever since Shea Weber and... Ryan Suter moved on from the Nashville Predators. This guy has been the one. And I think he's the best defenseman that they've ever had. I think he's better than Shea Weber. And I think he, well, clearly he was always, he's better than Ryan Suter. But yeah, Roman Yossi is an absolute fucking stud. And he's handsome. So handsome. Oh my goodness. Man rocket. And number 11, they have Igor Shashirkin of the New York Rangers. Goaltender. So... I don't know, this one I question a little bit just because the the track record isn't very... There's not a very big amount of NHL experience that he's had. Yes, what he did last year was absolutely fucking insane, but goaltenders are a little bit unpredictable, man. They're not exactly always consistent in their play, Looks like Igor Shosturkin will be that guy. I think if if he does it again this year, then I'm I'm 100% sold on him. I am like 87.9% sold on him right now, just because of the absurdity of what he did last season. He won the Rangers so many games. I just don't know how much longer he's going to be able to, to put the team on his back that way, uh, the way that he did last season. He literally won them at least a dozen games that they had no right winning because he was just so insane. And um, yeah, I mean, he could very well drag that team. Not necessarily drag. I'm not saying that the New York Rangers are a bad team whatsoever. It's just that he won them a lot of fucking games last year that they probably shouldn't have won. And um, yeah, the Rangers look even better this year. They're, they're super deep all throughout that lineup. Their defense is excellent. Their forwards look great. And if those younger players can take even another step, Lafreniere and Capo Caco and even Hedl, uh they get that young gun line to get going. They take that next step altogether. Then look the fuck out for the Rangers, especially if Igor plays the way that he did last year. Oh, buddy, the Rangers could very well win a cup this year. So... Yeah, so that's the the uh, 20 to 11. So next week, I'll talk about the NHL's uh, top 10 NHL players in the league. So what do you guys think of their list? That's not my list, so don't yell at me. That's the NHL.com's list, so you fucking yell at them. Or you yell at me to yell at them, and I'll yell at them for you guys. So who do you guys have as your top 20 to 11? I can't tell you off the top of my head right now. I feel pretty good about that list. The only one is that maybe I would have moved Shastyrkin now, I don't think I would still have him out of the top 20 or anything, but I think at 11, I feel like that might be a little bit high just because of the fact that he doesn't have that extremely long track record of amazing seasons. But I think, I mean, that that season that he had last year alone and that playoff run, I guess skyrocketed him up the charts and he's a, he's a very popular player right now. He's very, very good. But honestly, I think uh, Vasilevsky is going to take back the throne as the best goaltender in the league. I think Vasilevsky is going to be... Very, 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 very motivated this year because he does not like losing. He doesn't like he didn't like the fact they didn't get a three peat. He didn't like the fact they didn't win his Vesna. So I think uh, Vasilevsky Vasileski is going to get forty seven shutouts this year and they're gonna Tampa's probably gonna win another cup, but that's that. So there is the episode for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed. And how fucking excited are you guys getting for NHL? Oh my god, we're so close, dude. I am so fucking excited. And no, not just for the fact that's that's going that's my end date for for my tolerance break and I could start smoking weed again that day. That's not the only reason why I'm excited for next Wednesday. The Leafs are playing and the NHL season kicks off and I I can't wait, dude. Like last year's opening was a lot of fun. The Kraken uh, we're the, we're the new team last year, and I was trying to be a Kraken fan until Grubauer broke my heart and stepped on it and took a shit on it and then threw it in the fire and then and then took the ashes out and then ate it and then shit it out and then ate that shit. Fucking Grubauer absolutely ruined my my relationship with the Seattle Kraken. I, I am not, I'm not, it's just, it's just now I'm just not going to watch them. I tried to be a big fan of them, and I tried to get on the bandwagon, but no, not no more, not until they get rid of Grubauer. So there it is. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and make sure you go down in the description down below. You can go check out my YouTube channel where we're doing October Scarefest or whatever. I don't know. I'm playing scary games over there on my YouTube channel. Currently playing through Resident Evil 3. Having a really good time with that right now. I think the episodes have turned out pretty well. Pretty entertaining. And I'm also still playing through Disco Elysium over there. If you guys haven't heard of Disco Elysium, it's a very fucking awesome game. It's a murder mystery. Very, very funny. Having a great time over there. So make sure you're over there checking out those videos, hitting that like button over there, hitting that subscribe button, and the usual. Telling your friends, your mom, your mom's friends, your cats, your dogs, your, 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 whatever. You know, tell everybody. Tell everybody that you see. Go to the grocery store and just grab one of the mics and say, listen to the GX Hockey Plus case. It's the best thing at all time. Okay, thank you, everybody, for listening and i will see you guys in um in a few days on saturday wait when when the fuck when's the next episode what's today when's the next one Fr- saturday saturday we get the you get the wrestle cast there you go that's what i almost fucking forgot and then of course on mondays we do the the gamer cast so make sure you check out this week's gamer cast i did legend of zelda a link to the past I felt like it was a pretty fun episode, so make sure you go over there, check that out, follow the podcast, like the podcast, review the podcast, and all that stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys soon.